The spires were not his own. The colors were not his own. He had a moment of shattering, blinding terror, then calmness. He took a long breath of cold night air and began the job of working out his bearings. He seemed to be on some kind of hillside, overgrown with brambles and vines. He was alive, and he still had his gray metal case. Experimentally, he tore the vines away and inched cautiously forward. Stars glittered above. Thank God for that. Familiar stars. Not familiar. He closed his eyes and hung on until his senses came trickling back. Then he pushed painfully down the side of the hill and toward the glittering spires that lay perhaps a mile ahead. His case clutched tightly. The colors shifted, and he began to work out, in a dim fashion, the equation of their pattern. By the time he was halfway, he had it down fairly well. For some reason, it made him feel better, a lot better. Here was something he could predict, get hold of. Above the spires, ships swirled and darted like silver fish, swarms of them catching the shifting lights. He was pleased. It was beautiful. Through the abysmal ache of his mind and body, a faint pleasure drifted. Assurance was coming back. He was grateful for small favors. It wasn't his, but it looked nice, and that was something. So this hadn't changed. Reason, beauty, cold winter air late at night. He quickened his pace and came onto a highway. He was getting nearer. He hurried. As he hurried, he let his thoughts wander around aimlessly bringing back the last fragments of sound and being, the final bits of a world abruptly gone, wondering, in a detached, objective way, exactly what had happened. Parsons was on his way to work. It was a bright, sunny morning. He had paused a moment to wave to his wife before getting into his car. "'Anything you want from town?' he shouted. Mary stood on the front porch, hands in her pockets. "'Nothing I can think of, darling.' I'll vid you at the Institute if I remember anything. In the bright sunlight, Mary's hair shone a luminous auburn, a flashing cloud of flame. She was small and slender, in her green slacks and close-fitting sweater. He waved to her, grabbed one final vision of his pretty wife, this small stucco house, the garden, the flagstone path, the hills rising up in the distance, and then hopped in the car. He spun off down the road, allowing the car to operate on the New York guide beam. It was safer that way and a lot quicker. He didn't mind having his car operated from a hundred miles off. All the other cars racing along the eight-lane highway were guide-operated, made accidents almost impossible, and meant he could enjoy the countryside. The countryside was fresh and virginal, attractive, since President Cantelli had nationalized the soap tire and hotel industries. No more display signs to ruin the hills and valleys. Wouldn't be long before all industries were in the hands of the ten-man economics planning board, operating under the Westinghouse research schools. Of course, when it came to doctors, that was another thing. He tapped his gray instrument case on the seat beside him. Industry was one thing, the professional classes another. Nobody was going to nationalize the doctors, lawyers, virus research workers. During the first part of the century, the technocratic and professional classes had gradually gained control of society. Instead of businessmen and politicians, it was scientists rationally trained to— 
Something picked up the car and hurled it from the road. Parsons screamed in horror as the car spun dizzily onto the shoulder and careened into the brush. The guide had failed. That was his last thought. Interference. Trees, rocks came looming up. A shrieking crash of grinding plastic and metal and his own voice, all mixed together in a chaotic blur of sound and movement. And then the sickening impact that crumpled the car up like a plastic carton. He was thrown clear into a rolling void of gray. He remembered spinning slowly, coming to earth like a weightless drifting feather. Everything was slowed down, a tape track brought almost to a halt. He felt no pain, nothing at all. An enormous, formless mist seemed all around him, a radiant field, a beam of some kind, the power that had interfered with the guide. He realized that, his last conscious thought. Then darkness descended over him.